0: I want to dedicate this presentation about Ada to her daughter, Annabella, later Lady Anne Blunt. I want to start at the end and then move to the beginning. A year before Ada died, she was, of course, already very, very ill, and she was supposed to go to a hunting ball, and she asked her daughter to take her place. Now Ada was, despite the bad press, a magnificent mother, and how do I know that? Well, in her letter to her daughter Annabella, she jokes just like Byron jokes and also later Lord Lytton jokes. And um, this is part of a letter that Ada wrote to Annabella. Uh, Mrs. Burr sends her love to you and is very busy about her fancy ball. And we are deciding on the weighty matter of dress for you. You are, I believe, to be a young Spanish lady in Mantilla. And as the dress is entirely black and not at all gay, we do think it may meet with your demure approbation. We had an idea of your being the enfante Isabella, daughter of the Isabella of Castile, but we found her dress so hideous, so (laughs) like a hag in armor that we gave it up in horror. Can you possibly imagine how Annabella, a teenager, felt seeing her mother waste away and die? What Annabella did was her correspondence to Ada, and why I'm dedicating this speech to her, was wonderful. She sent her mother, Puzzles and riddles. One of the riddles she sent her mother was, why is a wise man wise? The answer, he asked, lots of whys. And that is why a wise man is wise. I am actually gonna talk about five of the questions that Ada asks throughout her life. Not just about (laughs) the analytical machine, but every aspect of her life, but I'm gonna relegate my discussion to her mathematics, her her correspondence with Babbage, and why I think she is a pivotal thinker in computing today. The first question, which I didn't write, is what is the question? I learned a vital lesson when I was a teenager graduate, an undergraduate student at the University of Chicago, which was based, some of it, on the model of Oxford with tutors, but the big thing was it was based on reading original sources. And in physics, which I had to take, I just wanted the textbook. Give me the end, I don't want to have to read to Tolmei, Copernicus, Kepler, all the way up to Einstein. That was, to this day, I have never read a textbook discussing these heroes of science that come close to what they actually brought. What I learned is each one of them had a mindset. And as a result of the mindset, they asked questions. For example, Ptolemy was, I'm the center of the universe, therefore everything goes around me. All the way up to Einstein, who realized that the observer has an effect on what is observed. Ada was very, she lived in the Victorian era. But her thinking was just like Einstein. In a letter, Dorothy Stein asked the question, Not question, was Ada a good mathematician? That wasn't my question. My question was, how did Ada understand mathematics? There is a pivotal letter, which was in my first article, which Sir Drummond (laughs) edited, and it was about Ada's difficulty and understanding a functional equation. What she couldn't get was really absorbing a point and a line and a wave at the same time. So she wrote to Morgan, these functional equations are the willow the wis to me. That as soon as I feel, I got hold of it, it totally vanishes. And that metaphor of tangibility and her explanation is just the way modern physics views mathematics. It is first, how we're first introduced to something I fall in love with him instantly, and that sets the tone. Ada met Babbage in 1833. In, eight, in De- November and December of 1834. Just right, actually, I'm gonna quote a letter, talk about a letter that was written December 15th. 1834, which was a rainy night. It was a night when Babbage was so upset that they had pulled funding for his difference engine. He paced back and forth. He took a piece of paper binding Mrs. Somerville's yarn. Oh, color, this is a good way to explain things. And then, When he decried having the funding pulled, he then said, well, no matter. I have an idea for a new machine, which he described years later in passages, how he got the idea of a machine that could not only foresee but act on that foresight. When Ada got home, she told her mother about the evening. Lady, and we know this from Lady Byron's journals. In that journal, Lady Byron said, oh, Babbage has another idea. It's the whim of the moment. But Ada used that word, which was used a lot this morning, and that was, His idea was universal. And so from the beginning, before she, nine years before she wrote the notes, that question, what is this machine about? Was in a way already set in her mind. So the next question is, what is the source of information. With Babbage's difference engine in 1833, she didn't want to bother him. She went to the lectures of Dionysius Lardner. She got the blueprints from Herschel Babbage. She went to see the machine. But through the years, from 1834, till the time Babbage went to Turing, She had conversations with him, and she really relied directly on him for her information about the analytical engine. She started thinking, and this is, surprisingly nobody's quoted this yet. She knew the issues Babbage was dealing with, And she wrote Babbage a letter about a game called Solitaire. And that game is not the uh, card game we play, but rather a board game like Chinese checkers where you leave. um, How you win is you get rid of all the checkers or what have you. And she wrote him. What if, uh, she said, we take the board, and this is what she wrote. What if we number the pegs? Wow, that sounds obvious, but it isn't obvious. And it is a way of tracing every move, and she said, For instance, we could write out if peg number 19, the center one, is taken out to begin with, then peg 6 may hop over peg 12. The real boards, she said, are not numbered. And then she went on to say, I hope you are bearing me in mind. I mean my mathematical interests. you know this is the greatest favor anyone can do me. Perhaps no one can estimate how great. Who can calculate to what it might lead? So she already, years before, was really deeply thinking about Babbage and his analytical engine. The next step is, what is the source of information? Today, the last cut counts. That's what everybody, it's rare for people to go to original sources and make up their own mind about information. They just take it off the internet or what have you, and this then becomes the new truth. Ada always, uh, what I did is I had to sit there, and um, I sat at the Bodleian for three years. And another thing was, at that time, they didn't let me bring a computer. So what I had to do was hand transcribe the information. And naturally, I'm indebted to Mary Clapinson, who organized the files. But I also listen to another Byron friend, William St. Clair, who one day I went to visit him. And he was working on uh, his book, The Galwins and the Shelleys. And I looked in his bedroom, and it was a mess. There were piles of papers and what have you. And I said, William, how do you figure anything out in this chaos? He said, it's easy. It's random access. (laughs) And after a year of going through each file, I did random access. And that's when I came across that little scrap of a blue paper in which Ada wrote to her mother, if you cannot conceive me poetry, can you conceive me poetical science? Well, that for me was the organizing theme of who Ada was about, that she was both, her father, the poet's daughter, as well as her mother's daughter, the mathematician. Ada, in the, after she wrote the solitaire letter, she wrote about imagination. That it should be more important for scientists, and, let's say, computer specialists to have imagination than it is for anyone else. It's primarily the discovering facility. What happened with her notes is that um, we do believe it was Wheatstone who encouraged her to translate the article, which you've heard a lot about, by Monabria. And when Ada did that and added notes, her notes, to me, are far more important than whether or not she was the first programmer. Because when she looked at the machine, it was not something out there. It was something in which a human being had a relationship to. It wasn't the, just the designs of the variable cards or what have you. She saw, her vision was broad. People say she was man- manic. If she was, I hope all of us are manic, because in this world, where it is so digitized, it is critical that we have a broad vision. We've already heard a lot of her broad vision. First of all, how was it expressed? Yes, it was expressed in number, and she was. She saw how giving it a language, expanded its possibilities. She also saw what if, which is the next, uh, one of the questions. She could then prophesize once she saw the true meaning of the analytical engine. That it was old wine in new bottles, but it was new wine and new bottles. It was totally a different concept from the different engine, And she, many people were annoyed that over and over and over again, she discussed the difference between these two machines. So she projected it, it could compose music, she also Saw, the, uh, saw that it could weave algebraic patterns. But we come to Turing, who 100 years later read what he wrote. And Professor Roberts at Stanford just alerted me to a phrase that Turing wrote about what Ada did, saying, this is how we know about Babbage's analytical engine. What Turing is famous for is he took issue with what Ada wrote. When she wrote, this engine does not originate anything. It only knows what we know how to order it to perform. and. It was called the Lovelace Objection. And of course, all of us have heard about the Lovelace test. In, um, in Ada's correspondence to De Morgan, and I do want to touch on that because what does that mean? Uh, Having taken a lot of statistics, the most, and I'm so anxious to hear the talk tomorrow on the De Morgan correspondence. But the first thing you have to do when you see Lovelace Byron collection, the Babbage collection at the British Library, is you have to ask, what does this sample, Represent Ada's correspondence to De Morgan, which I include some in my book, but didn't include the equations. And um, two weeks ago, Stephen Wolfram has gotten those letters with the um, with the algebraic notation. But what did they represent? Ada was not paying De Morgan. And she felt so guilty about it that every letter ended. Why don't you come for a visit? Why don't you, we have some chickens, take the chickens. (laughs) And if you are studying by mail from such an illustrious and wonderful professor as De Morgan was, are you gonna ask him what you know? No, you're gonna ask him what you don't know. So the literary remains of the De Morgan correspondence are a skewed sample. They summarize what Ada didn't know. Yesterday, Miranda, Miranda Seymour justifiably said that Ada would repeat over and over again, I don't understand this. I don't understand this, and that was another one of her traits. Explain it again, what do you mean? How was it derived? How was it got? Unless I know the assumption it's based on, I don't know what it means. As Ada was proceeding along, with the notes, and Doran said they started in February. The actual notes in the collection are really six to eight weeks long. And it's kind of amazing that she wrote 50 pages of letters that we know of. She probably wrote more, and she also wrote these notes. In a period where her mother was badgering her to take care of her supposed half-sister's maid. She was hemorrhaging. She was probably on laudanum some of the time. And yet, she still managed to do this. Well, Babbage and Ada had a very good relationship, definitely not romantic, because they tease one another too much. But Babbage was furious still that his funding had been pulled. So at the very end, he wrote a preface on how bad the British government had been to him. And he inserted it in front of the article that Ada wrote. She blew, and she then wrote Babbage a 14 page letter. Sort of somebody said she wrote Faraday 11 pages. But that letter, August 14th, I think is one of the most important letters. It took a long time to describe, and the late Andrew Nicholson checked it to make sure it was right. And in it, she says to Babbage, what you're doing, Babbage, is just really for fame and glory. That isn't what this is about. This whole thing, it, the way I do things, she says, is for the benefit of mankind. And that now is something I think all of us need to remember, is that what, the that Ada is not a symbol, she is not, the Mother Statue of Liberty of Commuting. She is, she was, a human being. And the best review I ever got of my book was a letter from the science fiction writer, Bruce Sterling, whose difference engine came out before my book. And what he said, is if my book had come out first he never would have written the difference engine because what my book did is he showed me ada was a human being and once i saw she was a human being i could no longer make a stereotype of her i think I think that in structuring the history of computing and the beginning, which I believe was with Charles Babbage and Ada. There is no way that Ada could have ever predicted anything. Unless the structure of Babbage's machine was similar to many of the components of modern computing. In Chinese history, there's a philosopher called—I don't think I'm pronouncing his name correctly—Liang Chaochi. Um, before the Chinese Revolution in 19—in the early 20th century, Liang Chaochi went and looked at Confucius, and rewrote who Confucius was. That Confucius was a great revolutionary. And that was sort of to give a basic rework of what needed to be done in Chinese society. Prophetically, Ada's writings reveal a deep understanding of how much computing will change our society. In 1843, she once again implored Babbage, and she did it in many ways. Stop being so tied up with this machine. It isn't really just about you. When we think about the future of computing, we need to ask ourselves whether we use, are using these amazing machines to create a better world. Just like there's a Turing test, I think there should be a Lovelace test that underscores that question. How are these machines being used? Are they being used to benefit mankind? Origin stories are important because, and we all know it, with an origin story, we structure the future in the context of our understanding of the past. In celebrating the 200th birthday of Ada Byron, We honor a computing pioneer whose vision still touches us today. By insisting, as she did, that the power of computing be harnessed for most effective use of mankind, we ensure not only that the memory of Ada Lovelace lives on, but that our species does as well, thank you. (laughs)